Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday. Damn it. I was waiting for the break. There it is. And I was waiting. I, I, I was like, I don't know when it's coming. So I'm just going to come in and I would have waited five, like three more seconds. The break was right there. Yep. Craig Ray always taught me, wait for the break. Wait for the break. All right. Uh, sorry, I screwed that one up. 5-1-2 Friday. We play jams from very talented human beings. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Ray Prim. He is playing Saturday at the O4 Center. All right. Uh, you tell him I, I apologize no for not waiting for the break. I'll tell Ray. Yeah. I like the song, though. Where's nice the O4 Center? O4 mm-hmm. Center, South Lamar. Oh, okay. South all right. Lamar. Uh, all right. Uh, my man Patrick, always looking us up. 5-1-2 Friday. Hooking you up as well on a 5-1-2 Friday. Uh, giving you uh, great talent to see this weekend and giving you a lot of options. You can act really cool with your significant other, your friends, and act like you know all you know where all the great music spots are and all the great mm-hmm. up-and-coming musicians are. All you got to do is listen to my man Patrick. Or go to hornfm.com if you missed any of the 5-1-2 selections. Harge, there is reason to celebrate, not only because it's Friday, TGIF, thank uh-huh. God it's Friday, and Super Bowl weekend, so unofficial holiday in America, so happy mm-hmm. Super Bowl weekend to everybody. It is also a great day because we have learned mm-hmm. that Texas and Oklahoma, I'm not happy for Oklahoma, but I'm happy for Texas <laughs> as a part of this, uh, obviously, this movement um, for them to go to the SEC. It has been reported. You reported it yesterday um, because it broke like in the last segment of the show that there was a compromise that uh, had was able to resolve the financial dispute happening mm-hmm. over the exit fees for Texas and Oklahoma. And now, because they have negotiated an exit fee, I believe combined exit fee of $100 million between Texas and Oklahoma, they will be allowed to join the SEC. Well, I should say leave the Big 12 first and then join the SEC in 2024. And 2023 will indeed be Texas' last season, mm-hmm. year, whatever you want to call it, in the Big 12. I'm down with this. I'm excited about this. We knew it was coming because we had talked about it, but we didn't know that it was coming to this fast. We didn't know it was going to happen within the two years. Because originally they were like, no, we're just going to let it play out. We're going to wait and see what happens. Um, If it happens, it happens. But right now just plan on going in 2025. And so everybody was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Now everybody's like, okay, we got ourselves a party. They done already tweeted out the mm-hmm. SEC logo. They've got everything. They had it on deck ready to go. Ready to go. And, and it was great. And if you didn't get a chance to hear that interview with uh, Chris Del Conte this morning with B&E, go to the podcast page and check it out at hornfm.com because he was really excited about it. Should be. Really excited about it. I mean, uh, you now get to play in the best – Football conference, mm-hmm. and some would even argue the best sports conference, uh, college sports conference in the country. And yeah, the payout now is going to be 
unbelievable because the SEC just distributed this, I think, this past week or something. At least it was uh, uh, reported this past week. Mm-hmm. $49.9 million per school. That yep. was the payout. Mm-hmm. And with their new ESPN deal, uh, the teams, or at least the schools, are expected to make 60 to $70 million per school in their annual payouts. Yep. Ooh, 60 to 70? Yeah, let me get that bread. Run, yeah. Run me my money. That's why That's why I think, and it's, and we've talked, and, and it's a big part of this negotiation too, because um, there are a lot of moving parts, but as part of the exit agreement, this was reported by Sports Illustrated, Longhorns and Sooners will owe a combined 100 million, 100 million to the conference, much of it which will be distributed to the eight Big 12 legacy universities to offset expect, expected decreases in their 2024 revenue. Uh, the hundred million will be a deduction from their yearly distribution over the next two years, so that, that's big because you're going to make a whole lot of money over the next two years. So Texas and Oklahoma can take that hit, sixty right. to seventy million. You already take that hit. Uh, details of any Fox and ESPN agreement were unclear, but Fox is expected to receive additional inventory. This is this is key. Inventory or compensation for the loss of the two schools in 2024. So what has been reported now by multiple outlets. Uh, an inventory trade of some sort was reached, and that inventory trade could have uh, something to do with a non-conference schedule for Texas. So Fox would get a game or games that ESPN would own. Uh, that was an option during the, la- the last talks that they were discussing. Um, that includes offerings like the non-conference games, mm-hmm. and the re- latest report is that Texas is moving their Michigan series, or at least not moving it, they're switching it, I should say, because Texas uh, was set to uh, have a home-and-home with Michigan 24 and 27, and Texas was going to host Michigan in 24, Mm -hmm. and then they were going to travel to Michigan in 27. Now we flip that. Yep. Yeah, so now you're going to travel to Michigan in 24, and then you'll host Michigan in 27. So, And that would mean Fox would get some type of uh, compensation, some recompense for their losses because that would be a Fox game, a Texas-Michigan matchup, which would be huge. That would be a big-time matchup. You're talking about a lot of straight cash, homie. And that's what this is about because Fox will be losing a lot of money because Texas and Oklahoma are their main draws in the conference. And usually the Texas-Oklahoma Games, no matter if they're playing each other or they're playing other schools in the Big 12, those are some of the biggest money makers for Fox. And when they did the math, they're losing so much money or so many dollars and so much revenue because of those losses. And not only are they going to get paid some cash, all right, in uh, compensation for those losses, but also there will be um, inventory swaps, if you will. Right. And, and this is going to be one of them, Texas, Michigan. And that's why the inventory was so important, and that's why the delay was was right there, is because, hold up, man, we're supposed to have this game and this game, and now we're going to lose the money on this game. We're going to have to flip some. And ESPN, I mean, you think about it, if ESPN, which is also ABC, mm-hmm. gets a lot of those games as well, and you can get a chance to have that game switch where you're financial because think about it and I know people don't like to hear it almost every game that Texas played was one of the most watched that Alabama game was one of the most watched games um the Oklahoma game was a, a, one mm-hmm. of the most watched games case oh, yeah. I mean all these games are were a lot of prime time games and if you are going to lose that for your network you want to be compensated for it 
because that's how the numbers work. So that's I, I'm glad that they were able to come up to a number and be able to flip some of those other games to make it even so they can get out of here early. Yeah, and now the SEC has got, and I'm, I'm sure they've already been working on this, of course, um, but, man, the SEC's got to start working on scheduling. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right away yep. and figure out, all right, are they going to go with the – I remember they said the 3-6 model was the more popular model. For those who don't remember, the 3-6 model was you'd have three common opponents you play every year and six rotating opponents that you just rotate mm-hmm. every year, different groups. And then they had a 1-7 where they they give you one common opponent and then seven rotating opponents. Nobody liked that one. Everybody thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. So you got to go with 3-6. And the three, it seems, if they do go with that model for Texas, would be Oklahoma, A&M, and Arkansas. Yeah. Seems like the most natural three for That's you. what we would maybe, like, right? Maybe they'd throw LSU on you. I don't know. Like I, you know, maybe they'd go border state thing. At, like, I would throw love, LSU. I would, I would love that. I don't know, but Arkansas is, you know, I, I guess considered because the old school Southwest Conference rivalry more of a rival than LSU would be. Yeah, but LSU is sexy. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> all in. Yeah, LSU is definitely sexy. I would love the Arkansas. I would love the Texas A&M matchup. But I'm 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 down for the LSU because think about it. Going that's still a very travelable uh oh. travel mm-hmm. uh destination mm-hmm. because they have great tailgates. So why not make that part of the relationship for year after year? Because we remember how crazy it was when LSU came here. Oh uh, yeah, we were looking forward it, to yeah, that return going, trip. And, and, COVID, COVID, and COVID got us, so we didn't get a chance to go for, there. Looking forward to that kind of yeah. stuff. Right. Wasn't that the return trip? Exactly. Wasn't it supposed, it was to, be supposed to be the next COVID, Yeah, yeah it was around COVID. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah. Nah, that's upsetting. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. So they owe that. us. That, yeah, they that was, owe us that, that would have been wild. No, we don't. I, I think they'll probably, it most probably will be Arkansas, but I, I've heard some talks about LSU. I know for the Aggies, you know, they probably would end up with LSU and, and, Arkansas. Some people want to throw them into the, I guess, Oklahoma in there with A&M too. I don't know exactly how that work out. This is good for A&M because A&M needs, you know, A&M needs more rivals. a and going to get back to Texas rivalry, which is great for them because uh, I know Aggies don't want to admit it, but Aggies don't have a rivalry. Right. So it, it it hurts your brand a little bit not to have a rivalry. And you can't, you know, they, they want to be a blue blood. They're not a blue blood. So nope. Longhorn fans nope. don't get mad at me. I'm not saying they are. They're not a blue blood. But they live in the same neighborhoods as all the blue bloods. Right. And they drive the same cars. And, you know what I mean, they got, they, they they have, you know, the same uh, kind of uh, bank account, if you will. Right? Right, same right, right. cash flow as the blue bloods, but they're not a blue blood yet. They're just really playing the part, fake it till you make it kind of thing, and good, <laughs> and good for them. Um, but blue bloods have rivals, yep. and that's why I'm glad Texas is getting back the Texas and rivals because really, you know, really elite, prestigious blue bloods have multiple rivals. And Texas like everybody have, keeps saying, "Oh, Texas is our rival." We're like, "Huh?" Exactly. Like what? Texas Tech thinks they're Texas rival. Right, right. Baylor believes they're Texas rival, but everybody knows Oklahoma is the main rival, and that's ultimately what led to A and M feeling like more like a little brother is because they were a secondary right. They were a side piece. Mm-hmm. They were Texas side piece, and and by the way, they didn't want to be a side piece. And good for A&M. They shouldn't be anybody's side piece. They didn't want to be Texas side piece anymore. So they went to the SEC to force their own path and did a really good job with that. And now I see why a lot of them are disappointed because now 
they're going to feel like a side piece again. Unless yeah. they start whipping up on Texas with, you know, with frequency, which could happen. I doubt it. But which could happen. But other than that, you know. They still got Jimbo as their head coach right now. So exactly. We'll like I said, up. but they, they spend a lot of money on recruiting. Like I said, they act and they act and walk and talk like they're blue blood, just yep. not necessarily one yet. So I do think get, them getting a rivalry is good for them. And they'll, this new schedule, format, whatever it may be, it'll force rivalries together. No doubt. Because you're going to have three teams you're going to play every year. And so I think it'll be great like for rivals. it'll be great for ratings. Mm-hmm. It's great for like you said, the blue bloods when people get a chance to to talk the trash. Because right now all we're doing is talking trash. It doesn't even matter. Oh, and M this, and M that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Texas this, Texas that. It don't matter. Now we get a chance to get back on the field and have mm-hmm. them play each other, and we already know what it's going to be. And the best part about it, they should probably put it on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Put it back on Thanksgiving where Texas and AM play each other, whether it's home and away, whatever you want to do, make that the Thanksgiving Day game again. You could. I don't need it on Thanksgiving now. I mean, but you could you do it. You could get it any time, but I mean, you if did. you could take it back to that. I guess you could try to make it special. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind it at all. I don't need it either way. I do I do want rivalry back, though. It's about that time. Craig yeah. Way famously said at the time, and he turned out to be, uh, you know, uh, on the money, turned out to be an astute observation. He makes plenty of those uh but he said this is not they're not breaking up forever it's just like ross and rachel from friends they're on the they're on the break <laughs> so they're on the break he said as soon as they get done with this break they'll be back like just like ross and rachel yep. they'll they'll end up together and he was right i mean they're, they're gonna end up back together again and i can't wait for it. i think it'll be really good for the state um really good for you know both programs too i think both programs right. end up uh kind of benefiting from it but i'm alone in that most longhorn fans believe it's them uh, and that's it's them are it's basically it's them are the Aggies. Like you can't have both succeeding <laughs> at the same time. And maybe they're right about that. You know, the Aggies and the Longhorns have only had one double digit win conference in the same season once right. in the history of the programs. So most people believe that uh, one team's or program's success has to be at the expense of the other. All right, let's get to since we're talking about you know Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and um, and this. Obviously, this negotiation, this resolution uh, to their exit fees and them being able to leave. What are your thoughts this year about Texas leaving as a Big 12 champion? Is it is it something that is is should we expect it as a Big 12 champion? Because I know we've talked about them getting there and that would be a successful season. Now that you know you only got one more year in the Big 12, this is it. One more season. I'm all about that, man. I'm all about like, that. I feel like I feel like there should be a little bit more added pressure. No, but Texas to win that damn thing. Oklahoma, there's no pressure. Oklahoma's won more conference titles than Texas has even played for yeah. in the Big Twelve. Right. Oklahoma has it, this is Oklahoma's conference. Sorry, in football, it is. Yeah, and Longhorn fans I don't want to f- admit that, but yep. it is. It's their conference. They've owned the damn thing. Let's be honest. I'm glad you said it. We're going to a new conference, so now we can be real about it. They've owned this damn conference. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're leaving because it's theirs. Right. right. <laughs> I want to go to a but conference. But we're going together. That's all right. That's all right. We're going but we together. We got to leave this place because this place, it's got o- it stinks like Oklahoma. Yeah. It's got Oklahoma. It stinks to be damned like sewer. <laughs> it does. It does, man. You know it does. <laughs> oh, trust me. All up and down this damn yeah. thing, man. It yeah. smells like sooner. So I'm glad we got to get out and I think it would be fitting. It would be a Shakespearean irony if Texas could win win the first one and win the last one. Yeah. It'd be a beautiful thing. It'd be a great way. Bookending that thing. Yeah, it'd be a great way to put an exclamation mark. There's been a lot of chapters in there. 
It has There's been. been a lot of chapters on what better way to close it oh, out. Like I feel you like, said, winning it. Oh, it'd be so sweet, man. It'd be so sweet. Bookending this thing. It'd be so sweet, sir. Yeah. It'd be so sweet, man. So I feel like Say yeah. it louder for the people in the back. Oh, I just, you know, <laughs> I hate, you know, but long fans know I'm right. I mean, this, 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 they, they've, the Sooners, our rival, mm-hmm. has owned this conference. Yep. I mean, they've won more than we've played for, then that's, that's fair to say. I hope I'm not being hyperbolic. Man. Man. But I, I, listen, I love what Sark is doing. Um, now I think for him to win the Big 12 in the last one, give the middle finger to the conference on his way out, it would be sweet, sweet victory. Sweet I like irony that. too. Um, all right, let's um, get into, well, someone was talking Texas uh, uh, football. I guess we couldn't talk um, a little Texas football since we're right here in the conversation. Yep. Um, Harsh Knock Life, before we do that, what you got coming up for Harsh Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit about this Super Bowl and these two quarterbacks that are going to be participating in it. I know you brought it up yesterday, but there was another part of the story that we didn't get a chance to talk about, and I got to send a little note this morning, so I want to bring it up. Uh, I like that. All right, talking about these uh, Super Bowl QBs. We'll do that during Harsh Knock Life. Uh, But yesterday, other breaking news, aside from Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 early, which got everybody – uh, all amped up and excited. Uh, some other news got Longhorn fans all titillated, and it was the sight of a Quinn Ewers, um, clean cut Quinn, Quinn Ewers. Oh, yeah. The mullet gone. Now he looks a little bit more clean cut, and I haven't seen a Longhorn fan yet complain about it. Longhorn fans, I think, are, uh, you know, on a cons- maybe not a consensus, maybe a majority that they are uh, positive about these changes for Quinn Ewers, and they believe it's going to lead to good mojo on the field. Yeah, everybody keeps thinking this is the year because he cut his hair. He cut his hair, man. This is the profile of uh, a champion. Hey. My man is ready to be, be – he's all business. He's all serious about his business. And it's kind of funny because everybody has looked at him when he was walking down the hall. They saw the pictures, and they were talking about it. And then I just saw a video – Somebody showed me a video earlier today that he was like, he called himself light skinned now because he got a fade. Uh, <laughs> he called himself, he said, how light skinned wide receivers get off the line. And he kind of made a move and he was just like slow motion. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, I'm about that. So I love it. I love the fact that he went about a change. It means he might be, I'm not saying he wasn't serious about him as a quarterback before, but now you can tell he's doing that business look and trying to make a change, and hopefully for the positive, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I thought it was part of his marketing ploy for the NIL world because it was highly marketable. People were wearing mullets, mm-hmm. wig mullets, right? mullet wigs, I should say, in the stands. So that was, you know, so it was something that Some people was changed re- their profile picture exactly. to, to, to a mullet. Yeah, uh, my man, yeah, exactly. Tariq. <laughs> Tariq did yeah, it. Did yeah. It. Like, yeah, I mean, he's probably the number one uh, Quinuous fan on the planet. Uh, but yeah, and it, it it was something that was recognizable as a quarterback at Texas in NIL world. I totally get why he would be advised to or thought, hey, man, this is the way to go. Uh, and I think the way the season, if the season had been a success, I think we still get the mullet. Yeah. I think he views last season as a failure, and I think he wants a fresh start. I think that's a lot of what it's about. Whatever it I, takes. Man. I, I, I looked at the Sports Info Solutions catchable ball rate by quarterbacks in their ranking Mm -hmm. and Quinn Ewers was 120th last season wow 120th in college football in catchable ball rate 
So, yeah, shave that damn thing off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shave it off. I would say to shave it on the sideline during the Oklahoma State game. I think that's the best way to do it. And like I said, if he'd have, if he'd have balled out, I, I think he'd have mm-hmm. kept the mullet. I think he'd been feeling really good about it. I don't think he feels good about that season, and I think he wants to start new, and I'm all about the new start. Go ahead, Quinn. Let's go with the fresh freshly uh, clean uh, shaven look, uh, the fresh cut look, and – you know, maybe it's a new Quinn Ewers. Well, maybe it will be a new Quinn Ewers. I think he will be better, um, but he's got to be much better than that. Listen, nobody's seen the freaking Bijan Har- Robinson hairstyle before Bijan came on campus. And I guarantee you, if Bijan Robinson was a scrub, mm-hmm. we'd have all made fun of his hair. Every last one of us would have been talking trash about like, his hairstyle and how doing? terrible his hairstyle is. But because Bijan Robinson is a generational athlete and because he is a once in a lifetime extraordinary talent, Bijan Robinson's hairstyle actually looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Actually, man, he pulls it off. That guy's got swagger. You know what his hairstyle says? It says he's got no fear. <laughs> he ain't afraid of a damn thing. He walks his own path. Matter of fact, now Bijan Muslim, it's got a silhouette of the hairstyle. You can see it. And they got the mascot, got the hairstyle. And I've seen four, five brothers walking around Austin just randomly. I yeah. just ran, going to brunch with a Bijan Robinson hairstyle. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's the Bijan. I never saw that hairstyle it's before Bijan. And my man got the Bijan. So it don't matter. If you good and you're a baller, you're going to wear your hair however the hell you want to. But if you are just a jag and a jabroni, you better, yeah, you would have been clown. Better clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> Now, why you walk around here looking like that, man? What <laughs> you are you look doing, like a clown, man? you play like a clown. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? They would have been finding every single hey, thing to saying. attack him. You were right. Mm-hmm. 100% correct on that, that's my man. That's where it goes, man. That's where it goes. Uh, all right, Hard Knock Life. You're talking quarterbacks in I'm the Super Bowl, I'm talking quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, and we'll give a little shout-out to NFL Honors. Just a minute, because obviously one of these quarterbacks was a part of that. No question. Uh, yep. We'll get into that and more. Coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. Now the Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man, Patrick Davis, at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And last night, as I was sitting at the house, just kind of, vegging out and trying to see what was all going on, watching a little bit of basketball games and and trying to get my mind wrapped around what to expect this weekend as we start talking about the the Super Bowl. It was brought to my attention that in 2016, this, you know, obviously has taken us a ways back, uh, but the 2016 Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award finalists were announced. Now, obviously – when you think about that time, you automatically go to the Tyler Rose and the Offensive Player of the Year ended up being the winner, ended up being Deontay Foreman of the University of Texas. Uh, he had an unbelievable season that year, rushed for 2,000 yards, 361 carries, only second in the history of Texas athletics football with Ricky Henderson being that guy. I mean, Ricky Henderson, Ricky Williams being the guy. But also during that time, Jalen Hurts was up 
for that award award as a true freshman. Jalen Hurts had uh, totaled 34 touchdowns that year as he was playing for the um, Alabama Crimson Tide. You know who else was there? Patrick Mahomes II. Patrick Mahomes threw for over 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns that year. But the – oh, so then we'll add also Baker Mayfield was a part of that. D.D. Westbrook was part of it. Uh, Aaron Jones, Skylar Howard, and Greg Ward were all part of finalists announced That's as nice finalists. Group. That's a nice group of players. Obviously, all of them are doing well. But the two that stood out to me was the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts were finalists for the Tyler Rose uh, Player of the Year in the state of Texas. And now these two quarterbacks, Rod gave you the numbers yesterday and broke it all down about being uh, the two first black quarterbacks to face each other in a Super Bowl game. But not only that, they were both being recognized by the legendary Lifetime Longhorn and Hall of Fame Longhorn our man Earl Campbell as the Tyler Rose of, um, recipients. So when you sit back and look at how these kids got to their journey, it is amazing to me because they all went through their trials and tribulations. Um, we talked. You gave the story about. I gave the story actually about um, Jalen Hurts and what he went through when he got benched for Tua. How he came in early was Deshaun Watson leading up to the playoff game and the championship. And he got to those reps, and then he came in, and then he was a finalist his freshman year by mm-hmm. scoring, totaling 34 touchdowns as a true freshman at Alabama in the SEC, and now he's on the grandest of stages. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what uh, Patrick Mahomes went through at Texas Tech. He wasn't the starter initially. Uh, Davis Webb was the starter, and he ended up getting hurt. And when he got hurt, Patrick Mahomes ended up taking over, and he never looked back. But – we all talked about the lack of wins at his time at the at Texas Tech University where you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. who, by the way, would just won his second NFL MVP in, what, five years as a starter in the NFL, and he's Crazy. going to his third Super Bowl yep. as a starter. And you just sit there and you look at the track of him, but you also have to look back and say, did my man Cliff Kingsbury fail him while he was at Texas Tech? Because he wasn't even the starter, he was, and he went there, and he was on the baseball team at one point as mm-hmm. well. So, I that. so for him to become the quarterback that he has become, and then I found out even more about Patrick Mahomes that when even when he was in high school, he wasn't initially the starting quarterback. He got a chance to go into the game. Him and a, and another guy were splitting splitting uh, snaps. And the coach saw what he did once he got into the game, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to stick with Patrick." You might need to go and play wide receiver or something like that. And the guy was his best friend. That was Patrick Mahomes' best friend growing up. And as they went through everything, dude was like, yeah, Patrick can throw the ball a little bit further than me. He can do the <laughs> things that I'm not capable of doing. So we might as well just let him roll at the quarterback <laughs> position, which is outstanding. And and obviously when he got into the NFL, he had to go through those same things. Same things with Jalen Hurts. When he got into the NFL, he was not perceived to be the starting quarterback. He had to work his way into it, and now he hasn't looked back. And the one thing that I truly like about both of these quarterbacks is the maturity level that they possess. Regardless of what's going on around them, they always seem to keep a level head in every situation. 
the only time that I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes to ever kind of go off or look like he was out of his normal character was just this past, well, two weeks ago when he was arguing with Andy Reid about trying to get back into the game. It's very rare that you see that because he's always under control. And I know a lot of people want to talk about his brother and his wife and all that other stuff off the field. And, and, you know, rightfully so. Some of that stuff is warranted. But both of these guys seem to have control of their destiny and their teammates Mm -hmm. look to them to lead them the entire way. So it's really cool – a cool story for both of these guys who were both finalists for the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Awards in it's the cool. same year. One was a freshman. One was deciding to leave to go into the NFL draft after, I think, his junior year, and he was gone. And now they're getting the chance to meet right now. So yeah. this is a really, really cool story for two Texas high school football players that now get a chance to showcase their talents at the highest level in the NFL. Yeah, uh, shows you that that um, that whoever the group is, the panel that is choosing those uh, recipients or the candidates. Yeah, they know what they're doing. (laughs) They're doing doing a good good job. job. And they all represent the state of Texas. And I know we're going to talk about this, too, a little bit later in the 6 o'clock hour about the NFL honors um, uh, awards that were just given out. But it is true. We definitely need to give a shout-out for Garrett Wilson, uh, former Flex. Former Flex. Shout out. Would have been a part of the Flex right off the rip. Uh, Got a chance to get interviewed by – our, the seed, Nolan Hogan, at the draft this past year when they were out in Vegas, and he did mention Flex and what all the, the Flex brings to the table. So shout out to Garrett Wilson for being the offensive rookie of the year. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, nah, that's uh, – we'll get into it, the NFL awards uh, and the Hall of Fame class, actually. Yep, yep. No Got to get into that, too. But, um, <clears throat> man, it, it's the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 offensive rookie of the year. And the defense lockdown. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, that is it's only wild. happened three times in NFL history that a team has had offensive rookie of the year and offensive uh, defensive rookie of the year. I believe the Saints were the last team to do it. Maybe it's 2016. I got to look at my notes to mm-hmm. make sure. Uh, we'll get into that and talk about that more in the uh, top of the uh, the six o'clock hour. But yeah, the, the quarterbacks in this matchup are so interesting because. You know, I I love the way both organizations work. I talked about this yesterday. Brett Veach, the GM for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Howie Roseman, both being from that Eagles organization, learning from Jeffrey Lurie, also learning from Andy Reid. Both of those guys, big time, you know, risk takers, gamblers. um, So they're not afraid to shake things up. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is there, and he is their franchise quarterback because they decided to shake things up. Alex Smith was a perfectly, you know, fine starting quarterback in the league, but they thought they could push the envelope. They thought they, there was a, another level, and there was. And they did their research with Patrick Mahomes. Remember, Brett Veach, he's brought from Philly with Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is not necessarily a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Not Brett at all. Veach sells him on Patrick Mahomes. Now, he wasn't anti-Patrick Mahomes, but Brett Veach, day after day, he tells stories that he would send clips. He would send clips of highlights of Patrick Mahomes to Andy Reid. Andy Reid actually would complain about it. He was upset. He said, man, it became annoying because he would keep (laughs) sending me these clips of this player, and I didn't even really care about who the player was. I'm a coach. I'm trying to design plays. I'm doing scouting work. I'm doing stuff at the coaching level. He keeps sending me plays of this kid. He said, yeah. So I started watching him and going, damn. 
This is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sooner or later, I cracked open the film myself and started watching Patrick Mahomes and fell in love with him myself. And he said Brett Veach would come down and go, I told you, yeah. I told you. And they, as an organization, they traded up to go get that guy. He's the future of their organization. So, you know, that quarterback story is interesting. And then the Philly side is really yep. interesting, too, because, you know, I was talking about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has worked with a different offensive coordinator. He's basically had six different offensive coordinators. If you go look at his four years in college and his now three years in the NFL. Yep. He worked with Mike Lockley, worked with uh, Lane Kiffin there uh, in, in college as well. Of course, worked, obviously ended up uh, working with Lincoln Riley when he went to Oklahoma. Yep. Ended up working with uh, Doug Peterson when he first got drafted. Maybe it was a Doug Peterson guy, actually. Yep. Doug Peterson definitely knows him from court. But Doug Peterson called him Lamar Jackson. He's like, he's Lamar Jackson to me. Well, I don't think he's Lamar Jackson, like <clears throat> pound for pound, but I understand the impact. But he's in the mix. Yeah, it's something the impact. Yeah, MVP caliber yeah. dual threat quarterback, and who might have won the MVP if not gotten hurt. If he didn't get, he definitely. I think he yeah. would have won if he didn't get right. hurt. No question. And then you know they decide, you know, we're going to build around this guy, even though Carson Wentz is there. And then he gets another offensive coordinator in Shane Steichen, and actually Nick Sirianni last year was calling some of those plays too, and decided not to call plays. So he's had a lot of different offenses in his last six years at playing football at a high level, usually that causes regression with QB development. That's just a lot of terminology, a lot of systems, a lot of different concepts, a lot of ways to teach a player. Usually causes regression. Now with him, Mm -hmm. it actually has accelerated his development. It's like, what the hell? Everybody expected regression has not happened. So it's it's very interesting how both of these quarterbacks have come to be at this point. Fascinating. Right. And, 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 and the fact of what mm. you said, it shows how intelligent oh. he is on the chalkboard. Because he, it, yes. He's a coach's son. And he's adjusted yeah. every single step of the way. They make it. He makes it look so easy and so smooth. And that's why people are, are never too excited about him unless you really mm. watch football. Like, yeah. if you really watch football, you understand that that is a football player. Mm-hmm. That is why he's he's had so much success. And it goes back to what I said, that even kill, he's never too high, he's never too low. He got benched mm-hmm. after he was after he led his team to the championship game. He, he brought them to the, the BCS. Well, it might have been BCS still by then. I don't know. But they were in the championship game. And then he ends up getting benched and stays, yeah. stays that year. And then to your point about him going to learn from Lincoln Riley, and he said that it came down to Maryland and another school. And the reason why he was thinking about going to Maryland was because it was going to Mike Loxley. And mm. and, well, makes sense, and Saban yeah. talked him out of it and said, if you want to learn to get better, you need to go to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. And Mike, Mike Loxley came out the other day when he heard that story. He was pissed off about it, rightfully so. Because he had already worked with the kid. It was the right move, though. Yeah. Because Lincoln Riley has a better reputation than, than Mike Loxley. Sorry, Mike Loxley. As a, as a passer. At, as, yeah. a, as a quarterback guru yeah. and a quarterback nurturer. Yeah. So when when Lincoln Riley puts his stamp of approval on the quarterback, it means more to the NFL than Mike Loxley. Sorry, Mike <laughs> Loxley. So, yeah, right decision. And Nick Saban was the one that said, yeah, man, go to Lincoln Riley yeah. so you can learn how to be a passer. Right. Everybody now looks at you as a runner. You want to be a passer. And he went to Lincoln Riley, kind of ran kind of a – Kind of ran the offense they're running right now, really in Philadelphia. Except it's a lot more intricate there in Philadelphia. But yeah, I mean, it's he made the right decision. Yeah, yes, I I think now people have been seeing him. Oh. You know, expand that part of his game as a passer. He still got to get better as a passer, um, but he has 
exponentially improved from when he first got into the league. Yeah. And he's, like I said, coach's son, so football IQ through the roof. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, I always say, what's your quarterback's X-Man ability? What does your quarterback do as well, if not better than everybody else? Once you find that thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you do need to build your offense around it. That's, yep. their, that's their elite trait, whatever it is. And for Jalen Hurts, Honestly, a lot of it is, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, it's an amalgamation. He was a, right? He was a, he was a power lifter, yeah, which is weird for a quarterback, all right. And he was squats. He squats over six hundred pounds. Yeah, like what kind of quarterback does that? <laughs> he was a sprinter in high school too. Yep, yep. He was a sprinter in high school and a power lifter and a coach's son. Yeah. And honestly, I do think they they've really tailored that offense around like those three things. Now, as a as a passer, he's definitely adequate as a passer. But nobody would say that he's one of the top ten best, most skilled passers in the league. Right. Nobody would. Say that, but when you look at the the collection of his skills that they've weaponized together, he might be one of the most lethal threats in all of the NFL, yeah. and that's the key. So basically, that's why they run more quarterback sneaks than anybody else in NFL history. Why they got a quarterback? How much say he squats? Six hundred. So they can run a quarterback sneak more effectively than any other quarterback in NFL history. Mm-hmm. That's why they run more of them than anybody no else. No doubt. Right? They also run a ton of RPOs. They run more RPOs than anybody else in the NFL. Why? Because Jalen Hurst's been running RPOs his whole life. He's a coach's yep. son. He's been making that read about that defensive end his entire life. He knows exactly what that DN's going to do. He crash down, whether he's going to decide to widen things, whatever it may be. So that's why they run more RPOs than everybody else because Jalen Hurts. RPO mm-hmm. quarterback, and yep. that also weaponizes his legs. It makes you have to uh, account for his legs as a threat. Yep. So they have really tailored that offense around everything that he does that's unique. And that's why it's not just a triple option offense. It's a it's a quadruple, quintuple op- option <laughs> offense yeah. because they, they really trust his ability to process all of those different options yep. and make the best decision. I love it. It's simplistically brilliant, but it's just built around his X-Man abilities. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff there. Harsh Knock Life. All right, we come back. Got off the record on the other side. This is a discussion I heard uh, Chad and Zay having yesterday, and I saw it come across my timeline today. We'll discuss it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a brain the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. Uh, Before we dive into Off the Record, uh, this is Off the Record, I guess, Super Bowl party food. What's your, what's happening this weekend? We just have you already determined what it's going to be? Yeah, it's all. I, mean, I have not determined anything. Oh, FYI. you don't even do you do you, do you get just show in, up. you have input? Oh yeah, I'll do give you a little want bit. input? Oh, we're definitely having some wings. Okay, so you yeah, get yeah, what you yeah. want, oh, but yeah, then yeah. there'll be other stuff For that sure. Mama's gonna do yeah. on her own. Okay, yeah. but you getting your wings? Oh, I'm getting my wings. What kind of wings? Oh, you know, what I get flavor? Them, you know, I give me some lemon peppers. Mm-hmm. And I always Damn like right. the jerk ones too. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you going, Anchor Bar for them? What oh, you no, doing? man. At the crib? At the crib. Homemade? Oh, yeah. Got the air fryer? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is just learning how to use the air fryer. And, and it's it amazing, is, right? It is. I'm so happy. Yes. It it's is. amazing. It, it, she's just learning. So she just figured it out. I'm just letting. We've had it for like a year. We had it. I mean, it was like, a, it was like for our wedding, uh, yeah. like wedding registry. You got an air fryer, nice, top of the line. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always dope. Oh, man, this thing's like something from NASA when it heats up. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, man, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm just starting to figure out. So I'm about to start using it, too, because I think I'm a, that's going to be the last step on some of my wings, too. I'm telling like, you. Like, put them on the grill, but then put them in the air fryer and Never crisp lost. them up. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right, Patrick. What's on? Oh, I mean, I normally just make a queso and then go over and other people make other stuff. That's true. Yeah, what? But you ain't got a go to. What's your go to? What you? What do you have to have for Super Bowl Sunday? I don't have anything that I gotta. I don't have any go to. No go tos. No. What's yours? Man, I, I grew up in an NFL fan in Houston. There's never been a Super Bowl that I have <laughs> really, really been into. Well, just because you're not your team sucks. I'm a Houston fan. Yeah, too. I know, but there's never, there's never been a Super Bowl. I'm like, I can't wait to watch it. They're always like, oh, these are be a fun game, but there's never like a Super Bowl where it's anything more than a game. Really? There's nothing that has an extra point where I'm like, man, I cannot wait for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm like that about every Super Bowl. Mm. Every Super Bowl, I am um, extra. It feels like a holiday for me. Like some people getting like the Christmas spirit. I get like the Super Bowl spirit. Yeah. yeah. I am giddy around this time. I'm trying to get them My to wife make it a national holiday yeah, exactly. the next like, day. I am floating. I am giddy. I, I do feel like I am like in some type of holiday spirit. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. No matter who's playing, it could be teams I hate. And I'll be really excited yeah. about the damn game. And then, but also, I have more of a letdown and disappointment when it's a bad game. Like, I yeah, am yeah. sad. I'm the depressed afterwards. My whole damn weekend is ruined when the Super Bowl is bad. But if it's great, <laughs> then I'm on a high. I'm trying to have some Super Bowl sex afterwards. Like, oh, it's just a lot of, it's a damn good time. Uh, All right, I'm trying to do barbecue uh, this year. So, deciding between... Uh, Whitfields, my man, Casey Studd, great oh, yeah. barbecue joint uh, right there. Davidson Brody does a really good job. It's fantastic. And it's time between that and Valentina's, mate. Good BBQ, too. Off the chain. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to barbecue myself, and I'm like, I ain't barbecuing myself. Oh, man, it takes too much time. You Hell no. Nah, yeah, too much. Exactly. I'm like, nah, yeah, man, I want to enjoy myself. I'm trying I'm to enjoy yeah. myself, yeah. and that's why I'm going to contract that workout. There it is. people who know what the hell there they're doing. There it is. There you go. That's uh, what I always say when people are like, hey, did you, did you fix that? Did you? No. There are people that get paid <laughs> to do that, and I want to reward them for their service. Hard won't even park his own damn car. I mean, I, I've been doing it a lot lately. This man ballets everywhere he goes. Very he don't even park so. his own car, so Very I know you so. like you will pay people to do their damn I'm job. I'm like, hey, man, you get paid to do that, man. <laughs> I want you to call me for certain jobs. I need to call you for certain <laughs> yes, jobs. Exactly. Uh, all right. How about this story? Uh, we'll make this quick because I didn't know it was a thing, and then I heard it, and then I saw it. So Billboard has released their top ten greatest rappers of all time uh-huh i'm, I'm not being sexist here Come but on. i think number 10 may have discredited the entire list the number 10 greatest rapper of all time they say is Nicki minaj that's Come on, man. i, not, I, yeah. I that's, that, disagree yeah. with that not even close i'm sorry i disagree not with even that close. one number nine is snoop dogg agree too high too low give me that one give me too high too low oh uh, man too high, too low. I mean, I'm like, gonna go too high. I, I'm no, saying I think, Snoop Dogg is low. I think overrated. you're looking at this. This list uh-huh. is just like most popular, right? No, this is greatest. No, no, but they're saying most popular. I, I because if you're saying greatest, 
Then neither one of them is on the list. That's, I would, and I there's think, probably like 35 people that don't aren't that big that are much better rappers, but they didn't have the hits. I think Snoop Dogg is too high on that list. Yeah. I'm a 1,000 uh, percent agree with that. They got Drake at eight, too high, too low. For me, way too high. He's definitely way too high. Okay. For right uh, now, do you see that I corny mean, video he did for LeBron? I mean, the I thought that was funny. Get I, I, will, down. I will say for Billboard, he does have like eight, nine Billboard mm-hmm. top one hundred number ones, t- number ones already. Yeah. Like that's what I said. Popular versus yeah. good. That's a good point. Lil Wayne, number seven. Lil Wayne actually should be up there. Lil Wayne, in terms of his um, his skill and his talent, like his elocutionary talent, he's legit, man. He's okay. a freak of nature. But some people may not have Lil Wayne there either. Uh, they got Notorious B.I.G. at six. I know you're a fan. I'm a fan. Too high, too low. I'm there with Biggie. Uh, Eminem at five. Yes. Like I said, once again, talking about talent-wise, if you're just going bar for bar, Man, it, it, not too many people even want to be in the same. No, he on the snap, same, he on the snaps same, on it. Yeah, they don't be on the same song with that dude, man. Yeah. They'll make you look bad. He Ask snaps. Jay-Z. He made yeah. Jay-Z look bad a couple of times. Um, Tupac at number four. Tupac's my GOAT. So Tupac definitely should be on the Mount Rushmore. Yep. Too high, too low? Uh, I think he should be probably be higher, to be quite honest with I you. I agree. They got Nas at three. Tupac's better rapper than Nas. I'm I, sorry. I know people love Nas. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not a big Nas fan, but I know Nas is great. I'm just not a fan. There you go. It's like Mila Kunis. I know she's hot. I just don't like Mila Kunis. Yep. Okay, she just ain't hot to me. You know what I mean, well, I need some more. Get you back on there. I need some stretch marks or some <laughs> some meat on the bones. Uh, number two is Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if he's that hot. Number two. Number two all the time. Uh, it, it goes back to what we were talking about our Jordan and LeBron debate. Depending on your era. Nah, People start true. looking at it that's a different way. Generational. Generational, yeah. man. That's true. Because, go ahead and finish your list, because I got I got beef on this. Jay-Z's number one. Which, you know what? I'm not if, bad if at Jay-Z. If you want to say Jay-Z's number one, I, I get that. I'm not hating on that. Okay. But uh, I, he's not my number one, but I get it. Well, when we talk about this, is it lyrics? Is it the songs? Is it the party? What is it? I mean, it's just a com- combination of Because those there's no way that Brad Jordan is not on this list. Scarface? Yes. Yeah, I love me some Scarface. Man. There's no way you can tell me that he's not on this list. If you're going to have Snoop Dogg at number 10, I mean at number 9, you should at least have E-40 on there as well. And you're you going up more off lyrics? I'm going off lyrics. If that's the case, then you got to start putting people on there. If you're going off just lyrics alone, hell man. Where's Jadakiss at, too? I was going to say, yeah, you got some other people yeah. that go in there. There's a ton of people you got to throw in that right. conversation. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So what do, what do they base this off of when you start putting out their goats and being the greatest rapper of all time. Ice Cube's not on this thing? You think Cube, can't, he can't go out there and spit? You know right. what I'm saying? No, I said, they gotta look at the, maybe they got to make a top 50 or something. They it's, did make a top 50, and Rick yeah. Ross was number 50. Okay. Yeah. That's, I don't, Big I don't, Pun was on there. I didn't fa- Lauren Hill is dope. Andre 3000, we got that. You know, yeah. it, it, Big it, Boy. It, it, it is really hard, but like I said, the, Nicki Minaj had 10. Yeah. All right. All right. That, that, when I saw that, I was like, I don't right know there. if I should just keep reading the list then. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you already lost me. <laughs> All right. We'll come back. We got, <laughs> Super, uh, we got Super Bowl breakdown and preview on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie 104.9 The Horn.